This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Welcome to the Dogish Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to dog parents and the topics, events, and personalities impacting their lives. My name is Jason Arias, founder of Forever USA, the dog photography experience, and my giggly co-host today, as always, Miss Sylvia West, um, certified dog mom trainer extraordinaire. I always butcher this, like you, 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 you asked me to change it, and and your waving messed me up today. Give me the the official designation pet expert pet expert dog mom and certified professional dog <laughs> trainer jason hey what I, am i gonna do with you no, no nothing i'm just i'm flustered from today today's today's upcoming episode was one it was two hours long super intense so like you're uh if you want to stick around and listen um you'll have to bump over to youtube for the uh, th- for the last hour of the show. Spoiler alert. I cry again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so we spoke with a pet communicator, uh, Miss, Miss Cindy Hartzell. And she was amazing. It might be Ms. She did say she was married. Oh, <laughs> let's just get into Ms. it. Mrs. Do you know that they're trying to get rid of the whole Miss, Mrs. Miss, like, and I kind of agree with it. Like, I think we just need to get rid of that was one of the worst things to try and learn. Also, I still get offended when someone calls me ma'am, even though, like, I technically am a ma'am, but I'm like, I'm a mess. <laughs> I, this I intro is have, wandering. I don't even crazy. have a bait. Let's just get into it with Cindy. Let's just go I just can't. hang out let's with Cindy. Just, <laughs> All right. Off go. we go. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Cindy. And uh, like Sylvia mentioned, you are an animal communicator. I am. And what what does that mean? Because I know when um, I was introduced to the concept, uh, I was told that there's certain lingo that is best used to describe your profession and and stay uh, like non offensive or like I'm like trying to to dance around it here a little bit. So so help help me stay on the right track. Okay, so, um, well, you know, I think that when uh, animal communication started really becoming something that people were aware of, it was referred to as pet psychics. And um, for some reason, there's some interesting stigma around the word psychic, you know, and um, it is kind of a dirty word anymore, isn't it? You know, it's kind of crazy. I, I, I don't, I think it just stirs up a lot of uncomfortableness in people not understanding how others can do that. And so psychic just for some people, they're like, Ooh, I want to know more. And others are like, Oh yeah, you're, you're just kind of really 
a whack job. I mean, I have literally been called <laughs> a whack job. <laughs> and so when I came out of the closet with animal communication, I, I myself steered away from pet psychic because I knew what I heard growing up with the word psychic before pet was ever put in front of it. So I, I like animal communicator. Uh, I like intuitive, you know, animal intuitive communicator, you know, so what is psychic really mean? You know, what is the definition of that? And what it really means is you're communicating with another being on that intuitive level. And so when I teach animal communication courses or when I'm trying to introduce it like I'm doing now, I, I let people, I try to help people understand that intuition is something we are all gifted with. I am not any more different. Well, okay. I'm not any more different than anybody else, except for the fact that that muscle in me is stronger than some of my other abilities. Like, you know, some people are naturals at tennis or swimming or speaking, you know, that's, that's their gift. So for me, intuition has been something I've done all my life, but intuition is all of us. I mean, have you, how many times have you been thinking about somebody? You just can't get them off your mind. And then you call them and they they have a, an issue they're going through or they're like, hey, I needed to call you. I wanted to invite you or my the one that I love to share with people the most is parents. We're all born speaking intuitively. I believe that's the first language we speak. And that's how parents can be doing the dishes and know they have to run in and check on their infant all of a sudden because they've rolled over and they're up against the, you know, the crib and they can't breathe or, you know, intuitively what your toddler is saying by ah, 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 or an infant crying. You know what I mean? That's intuitive communication. And we all start to lose intuitive communication when we start being taught to use our words. And I'll never forget when my daughter was about a year and a half old and I was a working mom and we had just gotten home from work and I was making dinner and it was hot summer day. And she comes in and she starts (laughs) while I'm cooking. Right. And I turn around to be a little frustrated and she's pulling on the refrigerator. And I'm like, Katie, you need to use your words. This is the refrigerator. And I opened the door and she started ah, at an apple juice. And I'm like, no, 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 apple juice. So it dawned on me at that moment. Ah, this is when we stop using that muscle and start using our voice. Gotcha. So long, long description to what animal communicator is really what it means no it's it's great and i um like i'm still trying to wrap my head around it and i have much more of a a logical mindset i guess you might say and so really trying to figure out how that works in my world um and separating it from i guess what my definition of a psychic would be or understanding um like i'm just filled with gobs and gobs of of questions at this point And we will get to those questions after this break. (laughs) 
right, we're back. Um, so Cindy, I think that that's probably the most simple explanation of like communication in terms of like being a communicator, whether you're looking at someone who's like a medium who maybe is like communicating with the departed and you're communicating with beings that essentially are still on our plane. They're just covered in fur and have four, four legs and four paws. So, but I think that just speaking to the fact that like we all have this innate intuition to understand even one another as animals, which we are, even without language, I think is a really kind of a great way to set this up and has really changed the way I kind of think about it because I, you know, I'm as much as I am very, I like to think of myself as being spiritual. I have a challenge with the idea of like animal communication it's the way you've described it i'm like oh well of course it's it's a it's just a different communication i mean i understand dog body language as a dog trainer it's something that i learned so i guess it's kind of just more a step above that yeah Absolutely. And, you know, for all of us that work with animals, animals are some of the best teachers for working on this muscle because, yes, we know their body language. Yet, how many times have you walked into a room and the dog is laying there? And if you're a trainer, you know, how many times have you like walked up to a dog or a rescue and you look at them? And you get, you just get this knowing, like there's something wrong with this dog. This dog does not feel good. Or this dog is really afraid of something. And all they did was look at you. That's intuition. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think that, yeah, I I totally agree. It's, I think being a dog trainer, there's a significant amount of intuition because you can't just. You can't do it the same way for each dog. They're all different. They're all unique. Right. Right. So does this, sorry, is this um, like, is this all animals or all beings? Like, like where does the communication start and stop? It, it's all inclusive. You know, I, I don't focus on people. um, And there's a story behind that. Um, I'm more with animals, but we are all energy beings, which means, and everything around us is energy. And one of the ways it's easy to, to, to grasp that is, I mean, have you ever walked into a room and you're feeling pretty good? You walk into the room and all of a sudden you're in there for just a few minutes and you start getting agitated. You start getting irritated. You're just kind of like uncomfortable and you don't know why because you feel good when you walked in the room. Well, you're picking up on somebody's energy or have you ever had that person that comes up and they're just like, oh, how are you? Blah, 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 blah. And just like in your space and all over just high energy. And when they leave, you're drained or somebody comes in super depressed and sad and they talk to you and, you know, you talk to them and then they leave feeling better and you're feeling drained. That's energy working in, in an energy uh, way. So when we're communicating, it's an exchange. It's an exchange. Yes. So when you're doing intuitive communication, you're actually communicating on that plane. 
And intuitive communication comes in many forms. It can come in a visual where you just see this, this uh, animal experiencing something, you know, like a place or somebody, or you hear it like you're having that conversation that you have when you're on your way to go see somebody and you're going to have a meeting and you're playing that conversation out in your head. Well, it'll feel like that. You'll kind of feel like it's your own voice or you'll have just a knowing, you know, people will say, well, how do you know that? And it's like, I don't know. I just know it. And we've all had those moments, you know, where you know something, it doesn't have to be about somebody or 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 human related or dog related. You just know that you know it beyond a doubt, and and that's intuition. So intuition intuition plays out a lot of ways, but it's uh we communicate with one another across the plane. And and Sylvia, I actually do communicate with animals who have passed on. Ah. A lot of clients do reach out to me and want to know, you know, how are they doing? Was it, how was their passing? Did we do, was it the right time? Did we make the wrong decision? You know, so I do work with both um, in their body and out of their body because again, it's energy. Right. And I mean, this is not to get very existential on all of our listeners, but I, you know, it's my belief that if energy can neither be created nor destroyed we're all just existing in some form here somewhere so i i don't know it's it is just a matter of just reaching out so take me through how you became an animal communicator like what did you wake up one day and you're like oh lassie is talking to me and i need to tell lassie's mom what lassie's saying like what happened um, I've communicated with animals my entire life. I had a pretty abusive childhood. And I think what helped me survive and be the person that I am today was my ability to communicate with animals. But when I was little, you know, I can remember like six or seven years old, we always had cats. I always wanted cats and dogs and horses and birds. And, you know, I tried to befriend all the wildlife outside. I can relate. (laughs) We had cats and we would be, I remember sitting in the house and having company over and things like that. And I'm playing with the cat and I'm describing to people what the cat is saying you know, what, what's going on. And they would, I remember hearing, wow, it's almost like she can hear what they're saying. And I remember the first time I heard that and was old enough to kind of understand that I was like, well, can't you all? I mean, you, I was surprised that that was a statement because I just up until that point, I just assumed everybody could hear them. So I believe that that was, you know, part of what helped me survive my childhood. And then I grew up and became a vet. I had gotten a horse when I was 11, became a veterinary technician. And I was always able to work with animals that others couldn't work with um, and be able to give them minimal chemical restraint um, and help alleviate their fear. 
Um, and then I had a client, I was shaving her little mini ponies up in Truckee, California. And um, we were working on the horses and she said, you're an animal communicator. And I said, what? And she said, you know, an animal communicator, a pet psychic, you talk to the animals. And I'm like, well, maybe. And she goes, you need to read this book. So she introduced me to this book. Um, now I'm not going to remember her name. But anyway, she was a pet commu animal communicator that had written a book. And I got it and started reading it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is really a thing. There's actually other people out there that do this. Oh, my, I am an animal communicator. So then I went to Southern California and studied with a communicator and um, took a couple courses with her. And basically, she was like, you know, you're already doing it. And what she helped me to understand was one, the validation to give me the confidence and two, taught me how to have some ethics around it, you know, because I am being the voice for the voiceless and I have to honor them. So she taught me, you know, those kind of things, the ins and outs of doing it professionally as well as how, you know, when I open up to communicate with an animal, we're kind of sharing energetic space. And when I'm done, there needs to be a separation. Otherwise, it's really taxing on me. And that's, that's for all psychics, you know, um, is you have to make that energetic connection. Um, being intuitive also has to do with a lot of being an empathic or you feel a lot of what other beings are feeling. So you have to really be mindful that you don't take on other people's energy because it can really be taxing for you. And I, uh, I do have a story about that when I did finally come out of the closet and go professional with this. Well, I want to hear about that. That's a great lead into another story. <laughs> well, first of all, I am married to a veterinarian. Okay who is very scientific and there, you know, there's got to be the formula. <laughs> there sure. has got to be an explanation for everything. And so when I finally decided to reveal to him, Hey, I uh, talk to the animals and, you know, I'm going to start doing this professionally. And how do you feel about that for our veterinary practice? And he was, you know, like, I don't really think I understand it, but it does make sense why you can do things that other technicians I've worked with cannot do. So that makes sense. So that was a little, un, you know, I, I it was uncomfortable because it was like, oh God, how is he going to receive Absolutely. this? So then I started working. Uh, I met some gals who owned Scraps Dog Bakery in Reno. They don't own it anymore, but it was one of the first Scraps Bakeries. And they asked me if I would come do communication sessions for so many hours on Saturdays. And so I was like, sure, that'd be great. And I was doing 15 minute sessions, you know, and they were like, bam, bam, bam for the entire time. And when I, the first few times I did it on the way home, I was exhausted. And then for a day or two, I would feel like I had the flu. I mean, I would feel like I had just been put through the ringer. And I finally called one of my spiritual mentors and said, this is what's going on. I don't know. I, I don't know what's wrong. And she said, are you clearly making a division, you know, separating yourself from the energy of that animal after each session? 
And I said, no. And she said, well, you're just, you're just filling up yourself with everybody else's energy and your body can't handle it. And so when I started doing that purposely after each session, you know, literally saying your energy is your energy, my energy is my energy. Thank you very much. <sighs> Huge difference. I could go all day long and almost be energized by the end of the day. Crazy. All right. That is very, very fascinating. We're going to take a quick break. Um, more when we get back. So um, I, I, I think Sylvia knows, and I, I'm assuming you remember, Cindy, um, we were introduced to you because of a dog that was introduced to us during one of our show recordings named Lucy. And I know that uh, Christy and Heather came and spent some time with you and, and you shared a lot with them about Lucy. I think one of the things that I was really fascinated about was the the amount of detail that you were able to share, like even um, that her owner would come and visit her still and all of these things. And so again, again so I'm much more on your husband's like mind wave, like, like everything I I'm trying to put everything in place. Like, how does this work? Why does it work? And um, so it's, it's a total complicated mess in my brain right now. And there's all these questions that I want to ask and I don't want any of them to ever be, like they're coming from a, a bit of skepticism, but mostly from a lack of understanding. Right. And so there's, there's things that, that like, I want to ask, but I'm, I'm not trying to be um, offensive by any means. Like, for example, um, like how, how would you be able to know anything about a dog that has been with us, but you're not even spending time with them? Cause that sounds like it's possible to do that as well. Right. So for your, for your little Lucy, we'll use her as the example. I did that communication session over the phone and had never met her. But the way that this happens, and again, you know, I'm gonna loosely touch on it's all energy, right? So your wife is Christy. Yep. I was talking to Christy. So I am connecting energetically with Christy. And now she's sharing with me that she has this dog, Lucy. Now, I could want to know what does she look like and this and that and the other thing. But the more that I do this, the more that that doesn't matter. You know, what I'm doing is I want to know her from the inside out. So once I connect in with Christy, and this is how I work with people, is I connect in with Christy and then through Christie's being in your environment, I'm able to connect in with Lucy. Now, what's interesting about animals is when they find somebody that actually can hear them, they have a lot to say, most of them. I mean, I have talked to some animals or tried to talk to some animals that will flat out say, I'm not talking, but with Lucy, it was easy for me to check in with her. Now, I could get a feeling of your environment, but I couldn't see your environment in detail. 
Like I couldn't tell you how many rooms you had or what the decor in your house is or anything like that. What I could get a feel for was a house in a neighborhood with a backyard that had, if I remember right, two like accesses from either side of the house, not just one side. And then I ask, once I feel into Lucy, I start asking some generic questions. Like if I were to sit down with you and say, okay, Jason, tell me why you keep doing that with your wife. I mean, really, why, what's going on? And you know, what is your background? You would be like, whoa, I'm not talking to you. I don't even know you, right? So I asked generic questions like, Lucy, can you tell me what you think about being here? Can you tell me what are some of your favorite things? So I open the dialogue with that and get them talking. And then I will share with that person what she's telling me. And what that does is it helps that person validate one for me that I'm truly talking to Lucy because I have worked with multiple dogs in a household and gone on in this conversation. And finally the owner looks at me and says, that's not that dog. That's that dog. And I'm like, Whoa, okay. I didn't do my correct prerequisite questioning, right? Like, what are your favorite things? What are you afraid of? Where's your favorite spot in the house? What's your favorite fruit? Food. So I asked and, and so you're doing this like mentally though, right? So we're not, this isn't like speaking vocally. You're, you're at some point making a connection and, and mentally asking these questions or energetically. Okay. Telepathically. That's the other word for psychic, you know, it's telepathic communication. We are having the conversation in our head. Now, once I've established that connection, then it becomes a three-way conversation. So the person asks me a question, I will quietly ask the animal and then I will speak out loud what I'm getting, you know, and that's evolved over the years. When I first started, I did it entirely different, but now it's like, I'm the mediator. I'm, you know, the dog speaks dog and the human speaks human and they don't know how to communicate. So I come in because I speak both languages. And so with her, she was able to tell me what her person was like and how she found your home or he found your home. I was just sharing this story with my husband this morning and I actually started crying. I mean, just like full on crying. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm getting so emotional, but it was just amazing how this man loved her so much and he knew that he was ill. And she knew that he loved her and that he was ill. And he found her. He found you guys for her. And not only did he do that, but he didn't just dump her off there. He kept bringing her back and letting her get to know your dog through the fence. So that when that day did come that he actually slipped her inside your backyard, it was the best outcome for her. It, it I have to tell you, Jason, it was one of the most touching stories I have ever um, been able to learn from a dog. It was pretty amazing. It was a, it was an incredible day. Like it was, um, 
rather surreal and and it was kind of cool because I'm getting to share this not only with you but having you on the podcast but Sylvia was living it with us like we were when when I I could hear the dogs barking and playing out back and I didn't I thought they were barking at another squirrel up the tree or something and I look out back and I see this black and white dog playing together literally 15 minutes before I have to come sit down with with Sylvia on the podcast. So to kind of see it come full circle and, and hear a little bit about her story. I mean, it's, it is a very, very cool and emotional event that has occurred over the last few months. Yeah. And it was so amazing because she, I mean, it was hard for her. She missed him. He loved her dearly and she loved him. And I mean, he took the best care he could of her, but it was like, she knew that you guys were good people because he chose you. And so she knew that she was going to be safe. And, um, you know, he's still, he's still visiting. He's still there. Cause I checked in with her this morning before when I was sharing with my husband and I'm like, why am I so emotional? Is she not doing well? Because, you know, when I'm telling the story, I'm kind of checking back in. Sure. And when I got that emotional for no reason, that will often be me picking up empathically the emotions of the other being. So I had to check in with her and make sure that she was okay. And she is okay. And he is still visiting. But interestingly enough, the visits are getting less frequent. That was a couple months ago, wasn't it? Let's see. Billy was something like that. Yeah. A month and a half ago about something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, she seems happy. Like she's fit in. She didn't, uh, uh, Christy and I were just joking this morning. She could easily jump the fence that she has and she hasn't ran away. Yeah. No. Which Sylvia, I mean, you should even recognize working with new dogs that they tend not to want to like when you, when you bring a rescue dog home, they're a little bit harder to keep at yeah, the house they, because they they're actively bit, trying to get to yeah, yeah. Uh, fight or flight it's normal and and lucy's never had that she's always been perfectly happy and stayed here that's because she knew she was coming there jason <laughs> yes why don't you listen to cindy <sighs> I am i'm so sorry cindy. i'm so sorry cindy jason has a really hard time listening that's okay that's okay <laughs> i i'm hoping that by the end of this conversation that jason will have a little bit more of um an open field to this. So you be, you feel free, Jason, to ask me whatever you want. So, so here's, here's my, my general take on almost anything, uh, supernatural or, uh, otherworldly or anything like that. I, I don't believe that we have a understanding of hardly anything in the universe. There's so many things outside of our world. Like we tend to think that we're so smart and we have all this stuff figured out, but like, I think we have just a, a fraction of sand on this earth, like figured out. We don't know anything, but then I do believe that we take a lot, like we take that fraction of sand and use that to interpret all of these things that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the place that I come from. It's not a, from a lack of believing in the unexplainable. It's the lack of believing that we have enough information in us to explain the unexplainable, if that makes sense. 
It does totally make sense. And that's an awesome place to be. That's better than being totally shut down to if it doesn't have a formula and it can't actually be proven in a, in a lab or scientifically, then it doesn't exist. You know, I think over the last 15 years as quantum physics has really begun to become more, um, known and understood it really is broadening us but i agree with you you know we think we're the wisest species but look at our behavior based on some of the other species we in my opinion as adults we're wise you know some of us are wiser than others we're intelligent some more intelligent than others but i think in the bigger scheme of things we're still infants we still don't really understand the, the magnitude of, of what we're living in, you know? And I think personally, I feel like animals are here to help us, show us the way, you know, if we're willing to listen. Dan, I, I, I totally agree. agree. I think, uh, what, Jason and I agreeing on something? We better take a break before something happens. <laughs> I catch a lot of flack for not being, um, I don't even know what the right word is, but it's just fluffy around the, the spiritual stuff. But I think that as a human race, we personify things that we don't understand far too often. That's, mm -hmm. and that's where I stand. And so when I run into people, whether it's religion or whether it's uh, like anything, anything that is unknown and they, they say they have it all figured out, my, my radar just goes off. And most of the time, I also get uncomfortable. Off. Yeah, most of the time it comes off as just being a skeptic, and it's not that I'm a skeptic against something that is unexplainable. I'm a, I'm a skeptic against the explained. So let's when we go back on, let's let's continue this conversation because there's a couple things that I wanna. Well, we can jump in right from here because yeah, like just, that's yeah. We're still recording, so yeah, go yeah. for it. Okay, I didn't know if we were on a break. Yeah, no, no, totally. We were on a break, but that was such a good in-between. We'll leave that in there and we'll just kind of pick up from where we're at. Yeah, because I hear what you're saying. You know, you're not, you're not necessarily doubting the, the possibilities. Correct. You're doubting the humanness that needs to explain and define and label. Correct things that actually are often beyond being able to be labeled or explained. And Correct. so when you hear people trying to take this and put it into a box, then doubt arises. But we, this is all about intuition, right? Mm -hmm. Part of intuition is that feeling, that gut. And animals live in the present moment they don't have the frontal lobe that gets in the way and has to analyze and has to be much more that. instinctual right they they live in the moment and they accept what's going on around them based on their their senses and i call it six senses because they do possess intuition and so what I, would in, what I would 
want to explain to people like you, Jason, and I, that sounds like I'm putting you into a category. No, no, no. And, and, that, and that's what I'm so fascinated about this. Like, and I would, I could sit here and talk about this for forever. When, when you get two mindsets to find some equality and then all of a sudden you start realizing like, I'm not trying to refer to you this way, like the same thing that you were just, and, and trying to bridge that gap and open up the communication. Like that's where like I get goosebumps and everything gets giggly and it's the, it's the best conversation. So those goosebumps was one of your six senses telling you, yes, that you should pay attention to. Whereas other times you get like, you know, we call it the hair standing up on our back or we just get this like, it's almost like this big, you know, energetic, whoa. And that's your intuition telling you that's not passing the smell test. Don't even buy into that. So those are all forms of intuition. Those are all forms of our sixth sense that animals are masters with that are helping us to navigate our way through things that, that are in alignment with truth, and we all have our own truth, or things that are not in alignment with it. And when we get goosebumps, I call them angel bumps because it's huge <laughs> validation for me. When I'm doing intuitive communication or intuitive work, I, I, I work with horses um, and wild mustangs. And I will get goosebumps when I have gotten the right message. You know, or when I'm sharing something with somebody, like something with an animal, sometimes there's things that come up that an animal says, and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I am not. I am not saying that, but I have to because I've made that agreement with the animal. And then I'll get flushed with goosebumps, and I'm like, all right, that that is to be shared. You know what I mean? So you're already feeling those things, Jason. You just, you don't you don't need or want a label on that and that's awesome we already have too many freaking labels in the world way too many too many people saying that they understand too many things agreed and i think think that's where it really creates a closed-minded mentality on on things and that's i got to be honest that's a hard concept to explain to a lot of people when you say no i don't i don't believe the way you believe because frankly sometimes i feel like i'm more open-minded like i kind of I think there's there's more beyond what you're you're saying or what you're thinking or like all of this whatever it is and i'm not even talking about just this one conversation but people get so hooked into their their dedication to a belief and they don't want to let that go so even if that belief is supernatural like moving on beyond that sorry i could ramble on this for forever it, this is your podcast yeah, but not mine <laughs> also i mean like who's to define what is supernatural at this point you sure. know what i mean it's like it could it, it could all it all is in a sense you know quantum physics is to me basically the supernatural because it's beyond my comprehension of what i understand to be because just my education didn't teach me quantum physics um so i think that you know, Jason, to your point, it's like, I don't think any one person has all the answers, but I think as a con- 
conglomeration of like a universal consciousness together we have more answers than we probably think we do and i think our need to sit here and i mean we're sitting here together as as the three of us and we're trying to conceptualize that which is not able to be conceptualized on an intellectual basis it's more of a feeling you know and and beliefs aren't just what you intellectually believe but it's also what you feel you know because if somebody says well i believe blah 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 and you can feel things coming up inside your heart we call that uh in spiritual realm there's a mind heart a heart heart no, there's a mind, there's the mind's brain, the heart's brain and the gut's brain. So we get that gut feeling that says, oh, no, not going there. Or we get that heart feeling where your heart just opens up and then the brain is going, I don't think we should do this. So there's three actual places that we can check in with ourselves and saying, do I believe what they're saying to be my truth? Does it pass my smell test in whatever way? Intellectually, can I wrap my brain around it? In my heart, does it feel like that's right? And in my gut, does that feel like that's a good, that that's a good belief system to take on? Because beliefs are crazy, you guys. We're born blank slates. Right. Total blank slates. Our belief system starts the minute our parents, our influencers, start the culture around us. They believe. Yep. So, you know, socialization, what we learn from other people when we're in preschool and kindergarten, how we learn to associate. It's I mean, this is a beyond fascinating topic. I want to thank all of you for joining us on today's podcast. Uh, this is at the one hour mark. If you didn't catch it before this, there's actually a whole, almost a whole nother 45 minutes after this. Uh, Sylvia takes a pee break and comes back to us talking about all sorts of crazy things. A lot of it has absolutely nothing to do with dogs, but you learn some things that are going on in Sylvia's life and my life. And, um, and I, I got a feeling that you guys would be able to even do a breathing exercise with us that we do. So anyways, uh, make sure to check us out on social media. Make sure to check Cindy out um, over on her website. Uh, check this out, Sylvia. She's giving 10% off a one hour uh, session with her. I, gotta... I barely last five minutes with that woman. I was in pieces. Yeah. So, so mention dogish when you go over to heart, soul, horsemanship.com um and you can get uh, an hour off of a session with cindy and get your own reading like miss sylvia is gonna oh like sylvia is gonna do here shortly so i already let, did this is this is the end of the podcast oh no wait yeah this is the end of our podcast listeners on like spotify and itunes right we've got a whole other one over on youtube here in a little bit all right all well right. we gotta go we're busy go check it out we'll see you over there still all right thanks guys